Welcome to another episode of the Alski Show, right here, each and every Sunday, be sure to check in, download, listen, do what you gotta do, copy and repost, whatever it is, support those that support you. I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day on this beautiful, happy weekend, Father's Day weekend that is. Alright, I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Ryan over at Stickify. Karen over at Gallery 448 in Australia. To the brother, Derek, over at Family 561 in Florida. And also a big special thanks to Big Miles up in Canada for a super interview and to the asshole that commented on his page for me asking if Toronto is near him. Go fuck yourself. I'm a New Yorker. I will always be a New Yorker. And if you listen to the fucking interview, bitch, you would know that I said, I have nothing, no knowledge of Canada. So a question is not stupid. It's the comment that's stupid. Once again, it is the Alski Show. Go fuck yourself. Tune out. Don't give a fuck. And that being said, I want to give special, special shout outs to my brother up in Canada. That's right. Instabird OTC. How you like that? Priority Mail Vandals, Cup Label 228, Love City Stickers, Fatty McFingers, the brother Ski, Flip the Cliff, the brother Joey Slay, Super Dick, Black One Inc., and to the brother in the cut, New York. Happy Father's Day to Pop Rollins, rest in peace, Danny Payne, my brother Teal OTC. Great shots. To the homegirl Brat, New York City. Mellow Marshy, AK1, FHK Crew. Big ups to Fausto of Lost Breed Culture. Taz1 TMR Crew. Philomatic. To the crazy brother Ova and the NFG gang. And a big ups to my man Graffiti Pete. Make sure you check out Graffiti Pete's page. Be sure to support those small businesses. It is Father's Day. Uh, check out Benchmasters, The Lines Don't Lie, hardcover book, $10 off on Father's Day. With that being said, I'm going to get to my phone call, and uh, it's going to be Gerv this week, YME crew, the man behind Benchmasters. Check out the page. Let's see, what do we got, what do we got? It's my favorite part, trying to get the phone call done. Scrolling away, and of course I hit all the wrong buttons, and let's see, uh, recent, there we go. Alright, let's hit it. Uh, Just got a text message, alright. KTM Motorcycles just surpassed Harley Davidson in sales. Thanks Nick for the call, for the text. All right, let's get the phone. All right, here we go, here we go. Uh, and here we are. Hello. 
What's up there, Gerv? What's happening, man? What's up? Listen, I had a I had a, a nice um, shout out thing going on, and I was like, shit, let me let me get calling over here because are you still taking pictures as we speak? No, I'm I'm back home now. I'm chilling. Damn! Within a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, man. I live right down the street from the main line, so. Oh, you suck! Right down the street. <laughs> Yeah, like Damn. Wow. For, for, for the people that don't know, introduce yourself. Let them know where you're from, what you do. And uh, I also plug the uh, Lines Don't Lie uh, Father's Day sale, $10 off. Be sure to order oh, it. Thanks, man. And, Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, yeah, man. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Yeah. My name's Gerg, YME Crew, SFL Crew. Um, I'm also the author of The Lines Don't Lie, Volume 1, Volume 2 is in the work. And um, yeah, executive producer of the year-round metal enjoyment film, and uh, which was a great film, by the way. Uh, Don't be cheap, motherfuckers. Rent it; it's only seven dollars. Thank you. Yeah, you can re- you can rent it on Vimeo, <laughs> Vimeo on demand. And um, yeah, man, you know I've just been documenting the culture since like 1992, and still at it. And uh, yeah. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. Pleasure's all mine. Pleasure's all mine. I mean, it's uh, it's a mystery how, you know, knowledge is very, uh, it's very free to those who pay attention. You know, the writings of, right. all, of all of this is, you know, done by people like yourself. Uh, I, I hope by myself right. as well with the show. Uh, Absolutely. You know, even even though you know what I, I when you when you listen to the beginning of the show, my shout outs. You know, I had Big Miles on last week, and he's a fucking freight monster nice. killer up in Canada, right? So, yeah, I've seen his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was actually excited to have him on. You know, so he reposted the show, and there was some comments on uh, on his page. You know that I talk too much and this and that. And, you know, I get it. I love to talk. That's my problem. <laughs> but then again, it, it is my show. Now, right. in the beginning, you got, you got the gift of gab. Right, you got the gift of gab. So in the beginning of the show i state that i know nothing of him you know he's canadian i know nothing of canada and and all it is right Right. just to just to get to the main point so some asshole puts yeah the interview was pretty good but you know alski like interrupted a lot and uh some other guy you know replied and he was like yeah like he asked if um uh, what the fuck was that town again? If Toronto was near him or whatever, when he explained right, where right. he was from. And he was like, yeah, man, he, he's lame. He should do his uh, research. So I, 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 I kind of shouted him out in a good way. Uh, right. In a good way. And let me see. I have it written down. Let me see. Uh, the comment that I'm lame for asking about Toronto comment <laughs> <laughs> that I should do my homework. Well, go fuck yourself. I'm a New Yorker. And, I, and I'm going to say it again. Go fuck yourself. No disrespect to Big Miles. He's the man. Right, right. But yeah. listen, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars on, on radio. If I ask a stupid question, it's because I want to know. I don't right. have to do my homework on anything. That's why I do the show, because I want to learn. So, with that being said, teach these motherfuckers about YME crew. How's that? Yeah, man, yeah. 
Yeah, on that same subject too, you know, when you when you document the culture and you put yourself out there like doing a podcast or, or making a book or a publication, you know, you, you open yourself up to criticism and, you know, people on the internet love to just say things and oh, not yeah. really think about what they're writing or whatever. You know, not everybody is, has the same knowledge or same information and, th- and that's why it's great to document and start conversations like this, you know. So my hat's off to you, man. It takes a lot to, to be dedicated to documenting uh, the culture via podcast. I, I think you're doing a good job. Man. Well, why so. thank you. Let me keep it short before I get criticized again. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I can talk a little bit about, you know, uh, the why me crew. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert. I was like the fourth or fifth member. Can't remember exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's actually the uh, 20th year anniversary for the crew. That's so right. Been around 20 years this year. And uh, the crew was founded by Learn and Lack, uh, and then uh, it was put down, and then it grew from there. Um, you know, we're up here in New England painting all year round, year round metal enjoyment. Why me? And uh, in the snow, in the sleet, in you know, four foot snow drifts. You know, we were, you know, we were going crazy back in you know the late '90s and early 2000s, and you know, we're still at it and uh, having fun. Still having fun yeah you know <laughs> yeah and steel yeah and um you know it was a different time back then i'm you know i'm not gonna reminisce too much about how different it was you know older heads know and uh but you know you would roll up to you know a line and you could pick which car you wanted and there were you know there wasn't as many pieces on the panels and uh you know there was just it was probably a couple hundred people maybe across the whole country in canada uh, and inc- including Mexico that were really onto it in the uh, mid nineties to like late nineties. Mm-hmm. And then it started to blow up around, you know, the internet era, you know, this is pre-internet. And, um, you know, what I find interesting too, is like up here in Maine, like, you know, like the early subway days when people just started catching tags. And then, you know, I'm talking about like late sixties, early seventies, right. Then they started like outlining their tags and getting a little more bubbly. And then eventually pieces came pretty much um, the same down, you know, in the yeah, world. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it kind of, it happened out here, you know, like where we, you know, we weren't that old school. I mean, we, we've all seen subway art and we had a couple of graph magazines back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it was harder. There was no internet, you know, like there was no reference. So, which I think it was, was better. It, yeah. My it opinion. was different, you know, yeah. I mean, whatever it, there, you can argue both sides, you know, if there's good and yes, bad yes. with the internet, you know? So, but it is what it is. It's here. So, you know, let's just Take make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, but back then everything was like, you know, my styles were handed down to me from people from Boston and Philadelphia that came up here and, you know, they gave me stamps and they gave me toss ups and, you know, I, I worked on it from there. But that's just how things were, you know, it was different, you know, and, and so a lot of our freights back in the early 90s, you know, we were kind of just like making shit up, you know, like, oh, I'm going to throw a G this way or, you know, I'm going to throw, you know, my E, I'm going to tilt it. Like we had to like invent it in a sense because we didn't have a lot of references, you know, there were a few people in the crew that were a little more schooled and a little more, um, you know, a little more aware of like, you know, traditional New York graffiti or Philly graffiti and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then why me eventually, you know, linked up with some of the Boston guys, uh, circle T guys. And a lot of the circle T guys are also, uh, why me members and stuff like that and vice versa. Um, so it's kind of like, we're just like one big kind of extended family. 
And, you know, the Circle T guys, like, originally, like, they were painting, you know, freights in, like, the mid-80s. So, well, New York was, like, doing the subways. Some of the guys in Circle T, like, mast and, you know, spray were, you know, hitting freights to try to mimic what they what they saw, you know, on the on the subway cars and stuff like that. And so we're not, like, the oldest freight crew as far as Circle T, but um circle t goes back quite a ways you know bronx freight killers were probably some of the early freight crews as well so well yeah you've got to throw the bronx in there you know new york oh yeah they were always represented network crew you know a2m these are all you know there were only a few there were only a handful of crews that were writing in the early 90s on the freights you know and uh it's, yeah, it's got, it's, you know, you know, I kind of fell off after a while too. And then, you know, one day I was working and I went to bench a line and every car was hit and it just blew my mind, you know? So I went, I went from an era where like you would be happy to see one or two cars hit, you know, on a whole line, like, and, and, you know, it took a break and I looked again and, you know, a couple of years later and then every fucking car was hit. I was like, holy shit. Well, <laughs> they, stuff. They, they, it was, so the, it was the revolution of uh, the rail. Yeah, it was. It was the internet, man. I think it had a lot to do with it. You know, twelve ounce profit and art crimes, and you know some of the early uh, early websites that kind of helped. You know, it, which was I think a good thing. It helped people learn, and it got people to understand the, how the freight network works, and you know how it's this. You know, when I first painted a freight, it was nineteen ninety four, and I didn't even know. I thought that the freight would only like maybe go to South South Portland, you know, like the next town over. You know, I had no clue that that shit would travel across the whole country and up into Canada, you know. Well, so. that's, that's the beauty of the freights. Right, exactly. That's the beauty yeah. of the freights. I mean, you, you get more recognition on, on a panel than you would on a New York City transit line. Um, right. The, the New York City tra- uh, transit system is is probably one of the biggest, biggest ones huge. out yeah. there. And, um, you know... It's no place to wander. I mean, we have plenty of tunnel rats out here, you know, uh, that do their thing. And the tunnels are dangerous, you know, compared to a freight, you know, to the the rails. But, you know, I actually love the, uh, the, the, when I get the chance to see them rolling, which is very limited spaces because of where I am. uh, We have a place called Hell's, Hell's Gate Bridge. And you know right. you'll have you'll have a hundred cars rolling over that right next to the Triborough Bridge. Uh, I forgot what they right. call it now, but they changed yeah. the name to the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge or some shit. Right. To me, it'll always be the Triborough. Uh, right. And uh, I gotta say, I gotta shout out uh, Bobby RB. You know, if there's a hundred right. cars on that line, ninety nine point nine of them have uh, an RB on it, and um, you know, hey. This guy's been painting for a really long time, and he has a lot of knowledge. Yeah. I would love to get him on the show, but I don't think he's really into that. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. You know, we yeah, do we, we, we do speak, so, you know, nice. I, I don't know. Maybe I should just record him on a phone conversation. He'll probably fucking kill me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get his stuff up here, too. We, we catch we catch Bobby's up here. It's dope. It's, you know, it's crazy, you know. I mean, we catch everything. You know, we catch a lot of stuff from New York, so. Um, no, it's like I like you said before. You know, your 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 panel is traveling pretty much the whole entire United States. 
So, you know, when you put two and two together, you know, like, duh, holy shit. You know, when I started painting them, you know, I was getting DM'd. I spotted your, 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 your car here, there. And that was like an ultimate rush. I wish I would have done it many, many years sooner, but you know, Hey, shit happens. Shit happens. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it's exciting. Back in the day, we used to have a number we could call. You know, we would write down the numbers of the car. So it would be like, you know, our box, whatever, five, six, seven. And we would call up this number and they would just tell us where, where it is, you know. So we used to all have these little tiny notebooks with all our cars, you know, all the cars we painted in them. And, you know, Learn and Dick and those guys would have like 20 little notebooks, you know. And some of the lesser guys like me, you know, I'd have like three, you know. <laughs> Well, but yeah, it, at was least always, you had it was always a rush. It was like 1-800, you know, whatever. And, and you would be like, oh, your car is in, you know, Idaho, blah, 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 or Kansas City. And <laughs> you'd be like, nice. <laughs> well, you know, uh, to what I understand, people that do document the train numbers, I mean, they actually try to follow them to see when they're back around and right, you know, to right. see who ragged them. And now, you know, they went over yeah. you, yep. which is pretty intense, you know, yep. but... I don't know, man. What, how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, sometimes people do yeah, get through the uh, grapevine, you know, gone over and whatnot, but it is graffiti. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, we got a hold of all that information through through some pretty heavy uh, rail guys that, that used to work for the rail and, uh, and appreciate the art for them, pass some information and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's we're so not, amazing. We're not going to drop drop names on them. You know, we'll just leave it at that. But what I, um, what I find amazing about that is these these men – are pretty much up there in age, you know, uh, heavy, heavy accents, you know, from the South. And you would look at him and you would think he was someone's grandfather enjoying (laughs) retirement. (laughs) But let me tell you, that old timer got more fucking knowledge than half of us combined on the rails. And I find that extremely uh, amazing. You know, but, you know, just goes to show that, you know, there's never enough knowledge in one's mind and every day's a learning day. Oh, yeah, how you yeah, like man. the plug for learn? That was pretty cool, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> every, day, every day is a learn day. There you yeah. Know. You know, it's, it's true, though. You know, like I, I do a lot of photography in general. I'm also like a street photographer. And one of the things I, you know, I, I kind of learned over the years about going out there and making photographs is whether it's benching or going out in the streets and documenting life out there is like as long as you learn something every day, it's you didn't lose. You know, it's not it's not a bad day. And, you know, if, even if like, you know, I go out for eight hours and never come home with a photo or maybe I benched for six hours and, you know, one engine rolled by with no cars on it or something. So, you know, you kind of go this or that, but you you learn the lighting and you learn where to stand and maybe a better place to take a picture tomorrow or something like that. Or, right. Um, what, what you know it's all it's all how you look at it it's all your, your you know your mindset is everything so you're pretty much spread out you know into your street photography into your benching the game of graffiti as well knowing the right, right. the lines and yep. uh, you're pretty much spread out you know in in many parts of the industry if you want to call it what, yeah the culture the, the, the culture life. the life yeah. What yep. is the, like, you know what, you know what amazes me? I mean, I, I still got to touch base with monikers. 
Right. Because I find them amazing. Uh, you know, when I started painting, yes, I did fuck up and probably go over some of the stuff that I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I'm right, guilty. Right. You know, I'm yep. a man. I could admit it. I could take the punch on yeah, that. it happens. As long uh, as you're learning. And, you know, even in the dark, when you can't see, you go over somebody's panel. But regardless, yep. I mean, I've learned now to... Uh, respect that and try to paint around it, incorporate it in your backdrop or whatever the case may be. But the moniker is, the moniker is, I think, uh, the, the innovator of writing on a freight. That's my opinion. I could be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Monikers go way back, you know, I mean, to the great depression, you know, people were writing on trains to leave messages and let people know uh, which direction they they were heading to look look for work. You know, mm-hmm. so and you know that they you'd sign their name and the date and say that they're going north to look for work or this or that and and that's um, and that know. was and that was our text messaging system back yeah. in the, uh, <laughs> yeah in the, the 1800s first, uh, right right the first message system yeah you know and but it, that's what it was you know mm-hmm. and it, it 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 travels you know you look at early graffiti a lot of it was pretty you know politically orientated or whatever but you know it, it, some of it was artistic and you know and then we have the whole thing that comes out of new york and here we are you know full circle back on the freights you know yep so you know it's it's yeah but definitely like you know to me like the street photography and graffiti you know i grew up skateboarding you know the streets were my playground you know so you know i would you know my mom would be like go outside i would go outside in the city and roam around you know i don't know where kids are nowadays i never see any kids anymore <laughs> well you know i, I tell i tell my kids inside, go outside you know, you know, know what know. they do nah dad it's what? too hot you know oh yeah it's too go hot, outside yeah. go ride your fucking bike nah it's too yeah. hot i'm gonna play yeah. a video game go jump in the nah. pool nah it's too hot i'm gonna play a game what the fuck right I don't see kids anymore, man. I don't know. Like I was out on the city, you know, throughout the streets, you know, causing trouble, doing this, taking pictures, skateboarding, catching tags. You know, I mean, until three in the morning when I was like eleven years old. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's just I, I had an older brother, and as long as I was with him, I was cool. You know, so my mom was happy with what I was doing. You know, and, and as long as that was that, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in, you know, like the South Boston area, and then I moved up to Portland, Maine in like 1992. Go Red Sox. Go Red Sox. And uh, go Sea Dogs, Portland Sea Dogs. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, okay. And uh, so, you know, I moved up next to an abandoned warehouse, and, you know, it was this huge kind of, well, warehouse is a lack of a word. It, It was like an industrial complex that was shut down, an old steel mill. And it had tons of graffiti in it and tons of writers from Boston used to come up and, you know, party in there and do raves and shit and paint graffiti. And so, of course, I would go in there as a kid and, you know, I used to bring my notebook in there after school and like try to draw the graffiti so I could study it at home. And then I learned like, hey, why don't I just take my mom's camera and take pictures? And, you know, that was back when you had to send your pictures to, you know, your film to get developed. developed, right. Yeah, you had to mail it away. There wasn't even one-hour development around here at that time. So, like, it took a month to get your pictures back, three weeks, you know? Hey, shit, I remember. uh, Yeah, I was always sketched out because it would be all graffiti, and I'm like, oh, what if they call the cops on me or something? (laughs) Yeah. But that's, you know, that it never happened, you know? But that was where the love for photography started and the love for documenting graffiti, you know, led into documenting the streets and documenting the skateboard culture, the punk punk rock culture, 
um, you know, just just my life, really. Well, the and punk so- rock culture, it's amazing, you know, in the UK, um, right? like The Clash. The Clash, to me, oh, yeah, yeah. was a big inspiration because I remember their album cover, uh, London Calling, where yeah, he's yeah. smashing his guitar. And yep. The Clash was a simple font. And right. I was looking at it, and I was like, wow, you know what? Something that simple is very uh, has a high impact. And yeah, I, I must really say, that inspired yeah. me as well with you know some of my simple shit that I do. Right, yeah. You know? No, I mean, back in the day, like, and still to this day, I look at a lot of, like, old school, like, fonts or comic book fonts or, like, video game fonts and stuff like that. Like, that stuff looks good rolling on freight because it's legible. And, uh, you know, I don't mind seeing a burner on a freight either. But uh, to me, I, I really enjoy just something that's legible, you know, and done big mm-hmm. and nice, you know. Well, and, again, that's that's why Ick, you know, I mean, his 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 so well-known, I mean, one, he paints That's like, a perfect you know, example and what I was actually going to get to. You yeah, know, I mean, like, he he, like, like he said, just, you know, real quick, it's nice to see a burner when you could bench it sitting still. But right, at the right. same time, when they're flying up, the, up, up or down the track, yeah, you need to read it. So yeah, some stuff you can't read. Some you know? stuff you it's, cannot read. It, Correct. Yeah, you know, I would say this: if you, if you can't read it, that person who's painting that style that's not legible when the train rolls by. I mean, you got to do double the numbers before I start to recognize who you are. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if it's legible, I only need to see one of your freights, and now I know who you are. You know, like if it's some crazy burner that's just unlegible or some kind of crazy wild style, you know, you're gonna have to do like you know if not triple the amount before people start to take notice you know how about so how about like your moniker that actually does go big uh sea monster sea monster right that i've learned i've learned right away who he was you know from the little corner spots to like uh you know a color and you know an oil stick on top and then Top right. of the cars, whole cars. That yeah, man, that I, to me I is think, genius. Yeah, I mean, I I look at like a freight as like a rolling canvas, man. You know, yeah. I mean, I think the more people express themselves on it, the better. You know, it's the backbone of America. That's what the freight system is. You know, it's, that's right. It's, it's capitalism at its finest, and the people's graffiti rides on it. You know, so now it's, what it's what was it's great? What were the first two lines of existence when they built the oh. rail? I don't know. I mean, I'm not that big of a rail buff that I could, that I could talk about that. I mean, I, I know that, you know, obviously, you know, Boston was the first subway system, you know, New York city was second, I believe New York and Philly, um, you know, but who knows, you know, we're talking about the actual rail system. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know. Well, that information. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just asked the question thinking I would know the answer, but I actually just froze. If I'm not, cons- uh, if I'm not wrong, I think it was Union Pacific and uh, Central, maybe. Maybe I have no clue. Now, speak on it. you know how you could get the answer to that, other than googling it on your phone and cheating. I, was say, I can Google it right now. But yeah, actually, do Google it. But also, yeah. there on Netflix, there and I and I mention this quite often. There's a series called Hell on Wheels. 
Yeah, uh, I've seen that. And yep. it is fucking awesome. Do you know, I, I don't remember how many seasons. I think it's like six, five, six, seven, yeah, whatever. I haven't seen them all. I watched a couple I of watched every single one. And do you know, I'm ready to start episode one, season one to watch okay. it again because the life nice. behind the rail is fucking yeah. amazing. You yeah, know? It's, it's real interesting history. You know? Yeah, it, it's it's got to be one of the best histories because, hey, this is the way I look at it. These tracks been laid over 100 years, correct? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, there, there's the, the, the saying that goes, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And right. that goes with the New York City transit system and any other system out there. Now, right. how is it that somebody decided to forge steel, uh, came up with measurements, you know, came up with a box car, laid this shit down, and it's been the same ever since without a fucking problem. Now, okay, so cars derail. Uh, right. Shit happens. You get in your car, you get a flat. You get hit by a fucking truck. You know, it's just a way of fucking <laughs> right. life, right? Yeah. To me, I, I find it... Truck. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I find it very amazing that the technology of yesterday is outperforming technology today. With that well, being said, Twin Towers were put up in three years. The new piece right. of shit cheese grater they put up took how yeah. many years? And all they did was put yeah. up one? Come on, get real. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, you, you you bring up some valid points, but if you look at like the European trans system, you know, or Japan or some of the other foreign countries, they got these yeah, supercars, really beautiful, really beautiful fast cars, and really, you know, th their transit system is just way more efficient as far as getting you from point A to point B, and and you know, so it's kind of strange that America, like, we invented you know the train systems, yet we we you're right on that, we haven't really changed. Yep. But Very you much, do you, you know? do know the Asians were on one end of that race. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there goes the the knowledge. You understand where right. they yeah. were here. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The, I the can't whole speak on that. the whole point of it is is that the rail system in general was never flawed. Yes, it was advanced uh, right. back then, and there's you know, uh, track that's far more advanced than ours today. Right. Which is the beauty of it all. But the whole point of it is, it still consists of two rails. It still consists of Dallas. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're trying, there's still like inventions that, you know, icky you know, ties. Like I don't know. You know, icky ties, no, you know, uh, icky ties are the ties in between. Oh, right. right. That, that, that yeah. tie the rail together, you know, right. Uh, there's, there's cement ties, there's icky ties, you know, there's many ties. There's, uh, I believe every, if you're, if when, when you're benching next time, walk the track, uh, every five to six, uh, ties that are not connected in the center, right. when you get to the fifth tie, which would probably be the fifth or the sixth tie, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong. You have a tie that goes from left to right to support it underneath. And then like in the New York City subway tracks, 
down under in the tunnel, uh, you have a thing called the trough, where all the fucking beautiful, nasty New York City <laughs> shit floats through. It floats through that, yeah. So, you know, you, if you count the ties, the way you could actually walk through the trough, which is like a little gutter system, sewer system, if right. you want. Uh, right. The fifth or sixth tie, you have to step on it. You understand? Uh, right. Maybe I'm not explaining myself right, but try to check that out the next time you walk the tracks and see if yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. on the rails. Uh, I'm, I'm it's not different, but I, mean, I don't think it is the same though on the rail because you got to remember now the 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 rail uh, on the freight line is ballast underneath, and the ballast, right. if anybody doesn't know, the ballast is there to contain water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they usually, you know, most freight lines are raised up, you know, and they have gravel pointing to each side, you know, to let let that water come off and stuff like that. But I mean, there have been some some changes, you know. I mean, we are starting to see a lot more uh, intermodal uh, containers and you know the flat cars that carry them. We that that stuff didn't exist uh, almost at all up here in you know 1999. I, I you would I don't think I've ever seen one of those back then, you know, but. You know, now I mean, all of our all of our lines usually have regular cars and you know tankers, your box cars, all that stuff, and then the tail end of it is all those you know intermodel containers, you know. So, which is interesting because those come from all over the world on ships and you know stuff like that. So, who knows what the future holds? There's always everything's always evolving. You know, it's always changing. So. That's the way I look at it. Is, you over, know. over here in New York, the sad thing is, is you know, especially like out in Brooklyn, there used to be so many buildings like the industry by the Brooklyn Navy Yard where right. ships would come in to port and, you know, merchandise would be unloaded through these warehouses and sitting inside these warehouses were, were, were freight boxes. You know, right. to get the They're stuff right, delivered right inside of them. Yeah, yeah. and the, and the yeah, sad we got a couple of layups like that yeah, too around here. Yep. The the sad yep. thing is, is they eliminated all of that shit. New York City, yeah. how stupid could it be? Where they actually on uh, the west towards the West Side Highway, there was a, a freight line up there. They turned it into a park. Fuck the park. Leave the fucking rail. Right. You know, right. I mean, how many jobs did they kill when they made that move? Right. Well, around here, so in Portland, Maine, we used to have a electrified trolley system here in the city. Right. Uh, lots of lots of cities had uh, trolley systems and stuff like that. that ran on uh, electric lines that ran above, kind of like the Green Line in Boston. Mm-hmm. And you know that we had that in Portland, Maine. We you know which is crazy, and it extended all the way up to Bangor and Lewiston and. You know, neighboring, I guess you could take a train all the way to Montreal. That doesn't even exist anymore. You can't take a commuter rail to Montreal from Portland. And, Hmm. you know, so there used to be a better rail system for people, for transportation back in the day here. And what happened, what I believe is a lot of the companies that, you know, make cars and, you know, oil companies basically bought up all these lines and shut them down, you know, so people would buy cars and you know buy their gas basically you know so here we are now with all these cars pumping out all these admissions you know and all these everybody has a car it's like a right as a an american when you're 16 to get a car and get a license and like yeah but i tell my kids it's still a fucking privilege it's a privilege (laughs) but also you got to remember that that's polluting the atmosphere that we breathe and that's absolutely 
the car, you know, you're, you're basically what you're saying when you're driving around or getting everybody in the family a car is that going from point A to point B is more important than the longevity of our planet, you know. And so I hope in the future that we bring back these rail systems, the electronic uh, yeah, electric, I have to uh, agree. Rail I have systems. to agree. And well, you that's know, why and, now you got Tesla with this electric car, which I'm not a yeah, fan it, of. Right. I gotta it's say got I'm some not. work to do and, you know, but. Anything that's not polluting our atmosphere is going to be beneficial for your kids in the future and your kids' kids, you know? Well, so. you know what the problem is? The problem is is society is very money-hungry, greedy, oh, and uh, they look to cut corners, right? Once they cut the corner and kill the industry, then they, they, they benefit from the profits, and then... Uh, you get to the the point of today where now these assholes that were behind the the shutdowns to begin with are now complaining about the the, the atmosphere. So you know right. you're, you're a double standard. You're a fucking asshole because the politicians pretty much fucking ruin everything for their personal gain. Yep. And uh, you know well, I mean cap- capitalism. Capitalism. And uh, the the thing is, is, you know, when are you just going to stop and think about the people? That's right. that's the million dollar question, because how could you be for 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 one thing? And then years later, you know, that same group of individuals, well, not personally right. the same, but, you know, what I'm right. you know, you, you, now you're now you're against cause like in right. the in the 60s, you had the muscle car era. Uh, right. Detroit was pumping out beauties, you know, the Hemi, right. the GTO, uh, right. the uh, the Buicks, the Cadillacs and all of this shit. Right? right. And you had all these beautiful chrome parts on a car where an actual car could fit a family. Right. Then, you know, gas was cheap. Well, it wasn't even a dollar a gallon. And then the next, the next decade, you know, the chrome bumpers start disappearing because now uh, it's too expensive to make. But yet, if you hit right. a tree, the tree was falling down. The car was getting a dented <laughs> bumper. Now they right. build cars today where you hit a tree, if you don't die, your car is unrecognizable. Right. So it's, it's so ironic of how yeah, I mean, uh, they build you up to this beautiful plateau of, you know, the boom pow factor that right. they just pull the fucking string and, infl- you know, and deflate a balloon to bring you down to cars that are now made of fucking plastic. Right. Well, what a lot you know, of people don't realize, too, is that, you know, plastic, everything in your house is made out of plastic, basically, some form of rubber or plastic, mm-hmm. basically. And that rubber or plastic is made from oil. So some people go, you know, the world runs on oil. Like, well, yeah, it literally does. Because think right. of how many things are plastic inside your house. That means that some kind of oil was refined to make that plastic. So, I mean, it's nuts how many things, including cars and stuff like that. I would like to see, you know, like America in the future, you know, bring back, you know, that same patriotism and like energy and putting into products like cars. Detroit, Detroit. Do you see what Detroit looks like lately? Oh, man. Yeah, it's a shame, man. But how about we put that energy into cleaner things, you know? And, you know, hopefully in the future, that's what happens because, you know, that would create jobs. That is the next industry. That is the future. 
you know, there's all types of stuff. It's just what it is, is you have people fighting who, who own corporations and who have money to lose, you know? So, yeah, and when they uh, lose money, it's like taking a wrapper off a stick of gum and throwing it out because they oh, have yeah, so they, much they fucking so money. Much. It's not yeah, my exactly. money and your money because if right. we invest and lose, we could pretty much say goodnight and just go into the casket and say, all right, drop me in. You know, there's a big <laughs> difference there. Right. That's the difference. And, and and just how ironic is is this that, you know, uh, individuals like ourselves, you know, where we were labeled as outcasts, uh, rebellious punks, uh, right. vandalism, uh, vandalists, uh, and all this other yep. shit. But listen to this damn conversation we're having. Would you ever right. think in a million years, once you started, that you would just continue for the love of the game? Of the nah, definitely I, not. Yeah, you know? man. You know, I ask that question a lot, and I gotta say, most of it is nah. I never thought. Right. Yeah, I mean, I grew up skateboarding, you know, and that's something I thought I would do forever. But eventually, the knees and ankles gave out, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called life, right? I still, yeah, <laughs> I still follow, you know, the you know skating in general. But nowadays, I watch it and I'm like, what the fuck are these kids on? You know, how are they doing this shit? You know. <laughs> Yeah. It's weird when I when I hung it up I thought you know we we had done everything all the you know we invented every trick there would just be variations of and still to this day they're still inventing tricks you know so it's well, one yeah. generation one generation to the next you mm -hmm. know the generation that's in the forefront opens up the doors for the future generation to expand you know and yeah. you know whether we're talking about graffiti or whether we're talking about the rail lines or technology or you know clean energy you know it's it's all you know what we do here and now is going to shape what the future looks like you know so absolutely and and, and it's and, always good to, to to have you know progress i mean if you right. look back at uh, the early times of baseball you know right. with the quality of the baseball bat uh the quality right. of a, of a, a baseball glove you know right. the protection back then was just your hat now, you know, and if yeah. you look back at like Babe Ruth, if you look at his spikes, you know, right. it was a piece of hard leather on a hard well, at, sole with, uh, with at, spikes. Look at sport medicine, you know. So Sports medicine is an of, industry. Right. <laughs> now but it is. A lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of medicine and a lot of advances have come from it, you know. So I've, I suffer from post-concussion syndrome. I had a couple of major head injuries in my life, one traumatic brain injury mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of real bad concussions, you know. So now I've got post-concussion syndrome, which is like a permanent concussion, if you can imagine. Uh, yeah, I can because I had you know? one. Yeah, it's just permanent, you know. So, you know, some days are good and some days are bad, you know, but... You know, and, but because of sports medicine, you know, because there's so much money in sports, there were these doctors that started to specialize in just sports medicine. And that advanced the understanding of head injuries because so many uh, concussions occur in sports, you know. So it's, it, you know, in a weird way, in 1986, I got hit by a truck. You know, I got hit by a truck. I had 47 stitches to the head. I had wow. amnesia for amnesia for a year. I would repeat Shit. myself. They used to call me Nikki two times. <laughs> oh, that's fucked <laughs> <And> up. <laughs> yeah, I would repeat myself. You know, I don't blame them. And one day I just snapped out of it, you know. But back in 86, they I went to the hospital and they just stitched me up. And they said, okay, don't let them sleep for 24 hours. 
And then they sent me home because they didn't know anything about a head injuries, you know? Right. And my last head injury was in 2008. Uh, I got assaulted and some asshole smashed a vodka bottle in my face and stomped on my head for a few minutes while I was unconscious. And, you know, I got a real bad concussion from that. That was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Wow. And, you know, well, you're lucky but, to be alive. I am, you know, I also recovered from, you know, drugs and alcohol. We talked about that for a minute, you know, like mm -hmm. I was getting off of a lot of heavy drugs and a lot of, you know, heavy drinking every day of my life. And then plus that head injury, but I cold turkeyed it and I got sober and, you know, it took me about two years to get, to get, you know, back to being a human being and being able to think and be active again, you know? Well, isn't that great so. to, to go cold turkey and, and be able to pull out of a, uh, of a spiral of, of a downfall? Absolutely, because yeah. the way I see it today, and I don't agree with the way they do it. Okay, so here you are, you, you become uh, a user. I don't want to say the terminology because sometimes it sounds bad. You become right. very involved in drug use. Right. right, right. You get arrested when you're caught, uh, either because you're, you're acting out, you're, you know, you're far gone that you don't know what you're doing. You get put right. into the system. Uh, so many things, you know, you killed somebody or you could have <laughs> killed this person. But no, but, you know, just in general, the news, right? Shit happens. Now, yeah. how is it that the pharmaceutical company is population control, in my opinion? You have uh, recovering addicts where instead of weaning them off, period, you start giving them methadone. And now right. you're fucking them even more because they're never going to be clean. No. Yeah. So why, uh, is it, why is it that it's such a double standard? Arrest him for being a drug addict, but now right. let's put him in the system so the pharmaceutical companies and all these high-powered people could make a shitload right. of money, and yep. then let's save them when they overdose, but right. at the same time, let them die because we need to, you know, pop, a, right. uh, we need to control the population. How right. fucking well, crazy is this? No, we live, we really live in an insane world. I mean, if you stop and really like look around, nothing makes any sense realistically. Uh, no, you don't. know, there's, there's reasons for things, but it doesn't mean that they're good or, you know, no, then they, they, they never are. They make no sense. You know, no, they so, do not. Yeah, I mean, you got, there's some, there's some people that are suing like a couple of real big, uh, medical industries for handing out too many opioids and things like that, too many painkillers. You know, I was lucky when, so when I had my head injury in 2008, you know, here I am trying to get clean from drugs. I got a primary doctor that, you know, caught on and was like, no, we're not going to give you any painkillers. I mean, I was in a lot of pain, but they didn't give me any painkillers because they knew that I had a, an addictive personality and I'm trying to overcome drugs and alcohol and and so I lucked out, but that's not always. Yeah, the well, case. he had a heart. That's that's you're, you're right. exactly right. right. He had yeah, a heart. Yeah. Everybody else yeah. would have been like, "Fuck it, kill him, kill him." Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they would have been like, they, they, even if they mean well, they would have been like, "Well, let's get you in less pain." In the long term, that wouldn't have melded well with with who I was and what was going on with me chemically. You know. So. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's all, you know, you could get a good doctor, you can get a bad doctor, you can get a second opinion and have the complete opposite results, you know? So it's, you know, it, yeah. uh, like far as gum, like far as gum says, life is like a box of chokey legs. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, you know, you never know what you're going to get, but never. you gotta, you, yeah. Thinking of your future is important. I mean, I think the, the biggest lesson I've learned is like, 
again, I kind of already said it, but it's, it's what you, what you do today is going to make you who you are tomorrow. You know, what you think about today is gonna, is gonna manifest tomorrow. And so, you know, you gotta have a really good attitude. I could sit there and focus on the guy that assaulted me and the court case that went astray and, uh, you know, years of rehabilitation for me and I could be really pissed off and, but the thing is, is like I had to forgive that person. I had to accept where I was and what happened to me. And it made you a better. Start. And it made you a better person today. It made me a better person. You know, absolutely. I because I, again. I know. You know, I got back into writing. I mm-hmm. met my fiance. So really good things came right. from the worst, worst thing in my life. Listen, it's all how you look at it. You, you, you took the negative. Uh, you right. ran with it because you were able to accept it. And what you did with that is you just went forward. And I could relate because I'm that same guy. Yep. You understand? Me and you have been through similar things. We had our conversation. Um, Right, right. And you know what? I do credit myself, and I'm very proud of myself, for for, uh, getting rid of that evil side that was just, you know, in pain. You know, it started out as a party. And right. that's how it all begins. It starts out as a right. party and it's starts like, all right, a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and before you know it, it's a way of life. And then right. many people fall to it. Uh, yep. Who can't recover from it? Who dies from it? Uh, who yep. doesn't learn from it? So you right. and I, you and I, Nick, I think we're very lucky. Uh, that, you know, we were even able to have that conversation the other night. I thought that was you know, pretty, pretty yep. fucking amazing. And, um, right. You know, many of us do go through this and not just because of who we are, many people in general, the whole world goes through something right. like this. And the the biggest thing that I've learned from this is a you have to accept the fact that you have a problem that right. you need to want to fix yourself. No, right. no place on earth can snatch you up and say, we're going to fix you. You need to want it 110%. And you need to do it yourself before someone else does it for you because it doesn't work. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've got friends still to this day that are, you know, they're still, you know, hanging on and drinking and partying and doing drugs hard and, and just they go back and forth. They get sober and they fall off, you know, and it's, it's really, it's, it's very hard. It's very it's hard, hard to stay. Fr- it's hard to stay crew with that person. It's hard to stay friends, but you know, right. so many, so many times you can try to help that person, and until they really need it, or until they hit their rock bottom, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be ready for that help. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, just, know, I, just, I just wish everybody well because you know me what? Too, you know, in all the bad people, they are really good people at heart. It's right. just that exactly. they they went through bad times or bad right. decisions and. Peer right. pressure, right. and uh, yeah, you know. Listen, sometimes just it, instead of just looking at people saying, "Wow, what a piece of shit," sometimes right. just stop and try to think about what this person was like when his right. mom was holding him in her arms, thinking that he was going to be the next president or the right. next baseball exactly. star. That's yeah. how we need to look at people instead of mocking yeah. them. And to this right. day, you know, I'll see a vet. Uh, you know, on the side of the bridge with a, with a bucket or a cup of coffee, you know, begging for right. change. And I right. see their dog tags and man, that's another conversation alone. And right. I get, I get livid how yeah. our yeah. own country just 
shoot these yep. vets down. Damn, if right. I got $5 in my pocket, I'm going to give that guy that $5. I'm not going to ask him what the problem is. I'm going to give him cigarettes. I'm going to give him money. If I even got I'm a bottle of water way. in my car, he's going to have yep. that bottle of water. I fly my flag every right. day of the fucking year, not just for 4th of July and not right. just for Memorial Day weekend. Or look Labor Day. The, uh, look what happened to, you know, the vets that came back from, like, Vietnam and, you know, how they got shit on and spit yeah, on and people exactly. just treated them, treated them like garbage, you know. Exactly. And, and, and meanwhile, time, we sent them there to, to, to get fucking, right. you know, killed for no reason. Right. Over, it's, not the, it's not the vets' fault, you know. It's, it's our government. The anger is misdirected, you know. Correct. you got to direct the, the anger at the right people, you know. Uh, you know, militaries can mm-hmm. do wonderful things. You know, they also do horrible things. But we don't yeah. live in a, a you know an ideal world or a utopian world where there's no armies. You know, if we didn't have an army, we'd be fucked. You know, so True. we would be Russian or you know, I don't know. You know, so <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's it's a, unfortunately it's a necessity, and you know, some things are it's just the way life is. You know, and. Yeah. But, you know, we can't, you can't blame those people, you know, no. I do street photography, I go out there and I talk to complete strangers, you know, and some people are, you know, not having a good day. And some people are, you know, I always make it like a, a thing when I walk out my door, I say hello to the first person I see, no matter who it is. Wow, that's no awesome. What, I like that. You know, I like and, that. and you get different responses, but sometimes people want to stop and have a conversation. I just stop and have conversations with complete strangers. That's and, great. You know, you can learn a lot and, yes. you know, there's nothing wrong with empathy. There's nothing wrong with slowing down and, and not being about yourself for a second, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, helping people out. Maybe someone's like, yeah, I'm just trying to get a coffee. I come out with a coffee and give it to them. You know, here you go, man. You know, like, that's, yeah. And, and you know what? That's that's so self uh, gratifying, isn't it? I mean, it I love yeah. it. I feel right. so good when right. I could actually get a person just to crack a smile you know, right. or like, you know, exactly. when you're talking yeah. and you like, you know, yeah. you, you push the other one's shoulder, like, I'll oh, get out of here, you know, and you start right. laughing right. when you get yeah. that from a stranger, it's yeah, even good. more so, uh, you know, satisfying it's to you that you rewarding. actually, yeah. you actually made someone come out of their, their shell. Right. And that's Absolutely. the way life should be. You know, don't you remember oh. being a kid playing and, and yeah. having fun and you knew when Bobby's sister was going out on a date? You knew when Jack's brother was traveling oh, yeah. to his aunt's house and all of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Today, on your own very block, we're all strangers. We're all strangers, you know. You know what that is, why that happened, man. It's, it's, you know, it's basically the rich people started moving back to the cities. And when they did that, you know, they, they, all the pricing and everything went up. So all the people that used to live in the neighborhoods got dispersed because they couldn't afford to pay their rent, basically, you know. Right. So all the neighbor, all the neighborhoods were, you know, it's gentrification, you know. Right. Back in like the 70s, they, it was nicknamed the white flight when everybody left New York mm-hmm. City. You probably, you probably remember that, you know. Yep. The, the, I was a little kid, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody rich left the city and now it's the opposite. Now everybody's moving back to the city who's got money. And, you know, poor people are pushed out to the suburbs and, 
which is okay with me because I'd rather live in the suburbs, you know? <laughs> so, Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, place to raise a family, you know? I don't know. You can go to the city anytime you want. So Hey, listen, but, uh, they were neighborhoods, uh, argument's sake. Let's see. Uh, let's say Williamsburg, Brooklyn. You right. couldn't, you couldn't walk through there without an issue. Uh, right, you could right, buy a right. building for practically peanuts, but nobody wanted to yeah. buy it. No one, no right? one wanted to rent it even. Yeah. Now today, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nobody wanted to live in it for free, no less. Right. Today, you can't touch a piece of real estate in Williamsburg. Right. Oh, I know. Trust me, man. You so know, yeah, you know, life is crazy. I'm trying to buy a house with my fiance, and and it's just nuts. The prices are just crazy. You know, and so it's 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 a crazy it's a crazy market out there for that type Listen, of stuff. Listen, right in now. the in the early seventies, you know, when I, I was just a baby, houses on average went for approximately anywhere from uh, five thousand to twenty thousand in your middle class neighborhood. Now, back right. then, it was a lot of money. Today, it's a yeah. down payment on your car. You know, exactly. And inflation. Now, if you're in like the city, you know, how about 50 years later, 40 years later, whatever, that $15,000 investment just rolled into 750, 1.2. So, how crazy is it? Yeah, people are playing, paying like, three four hundred thousand dollars for like a 400 foot one bedroom studio here in portland <laughs> which yeah. they're calling a condo which is like basically An a really shitty small yeah it's a small little room basically you know it's nuts yeah, and it's, it's like who, who the fuck who wants to live in that you know <laughs> like, yeah but then you so, have these ple- these people that are oh shit i don't know what they're called i've seen it on tv where people buy these small houses that are right. compact and they're no bigger than a garage, but they have a shower. Uh, they have like a bunk bed on top of the oh, stove yeah. type of like shit. A tiny home or something like that. Yeah. How crazy yeah, is yeah. that? How crazy yeah, is that? Cool. I mean, that's the thing is when a lot of people buy property or buy houses, like they buy too much house. You know, it sounds like you have a big family, so you got to do what you got to do. But like, you know, so many people buy like ten extra rooms, and you got to clean that and heat that, and you know. So, oh hell yeah! Yeah, li- smaller footprint if you got a smaller house, you know. So. Yeah, but I then agree. at the same time, you know, it's it's basically what the person wants, right? And it's just like when you get to your 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 graffiti, you know, how much work you put in is how much fame you get. You know, it's right, it's right. it's pretty much the same, but the payoff is different in every aspect of every other game. You know, right. monikers do it for one reason, graffiti right. writers do it for another. I, right. ulti- I I I respect all. I've been learning a lot about this freight system, and right. what I love about it is it's sort of like mainstream. Not it's not mainstream. Like you know, you, you you're a skateboard. You're a skateboarder, you're a BMX right. kid, you're a, you're a break dancer, you're a DJ, and you're all affiliated with a graffiti writer. It's the same, uh, it goes like hand and foot with, with, with the rails, in my opinion, 
where right. you have the moniker, which I believe would be the first one, if I, you know, if I'm right, right, or if I'm wrong, yeah, I mean, is what I think. You it's like have a subculture within right. a subculture, and then you, know? you have. After you have that moniker, you have the guy that started painting the trains, right? Right. But the the one that pretty much puts the knot on the whole uh, system of, you know, the freights is, other than the knowledge of, of your monikers, you have the right. benching system, right? Right. Which ties it up where you'll go out, spend your time catching corner spots of a car, to, to, to give that moniker shine on the internet, right? You're right. that guy that's shooting the shot of the train flying through in, in still shots. Um, right. So now you got all this going on and, you know, of course, all the different cars and how the knowledge is put out to the public of people like me that didn't know much of, right. you know, don't cover the numbers, uh, right. don't go over this, don't do that, uh, make sure you uh, pick up your scraps, you know, right. you get right. that bencher, the guy shooting the flicks that'll take pictures of 20 cans underneath the car, you know, right. and yeah. right there is lesson learned, right? right. But between those three, so. yeah, <laughs> between those three, the, the, the aerosol person, the right. camera person, and the right. oil stick monster, it's right. a subculture that goes far back, you know, yep. and it's just amazing how you, Nick, being right. pretty much all of those people, the knowledge that right. you could bring people and the work that you've put out from what I've seen, you know, your books, right. uh, your pages, you know, your, your, you sent me pictures and then you sent me the, the link to your, your photography right. And right. you explained it to me, very simple, and I found it weird when you told me. Uh, you're going to think you're in New York City early 80s, and I'm saying to myself, well, okay, he wasn't shooting pictures in the 80s because he would have been right. you know, younger. Yeah, yeah. And when you shot me that text, and then right after the text, you sent me a link, Right. I was like, wow, he broke it down pretty much exactly to the science, to the T. Right. Because right. those Portland, Oregon pitches, and one of my favorite ones were was the uh, the one with the Boston hat on the floor. I oh, found yeah, that to be grimy, yeah. but crispy <laughs> at the same right. time, but right. with uh, like a punk rock type of oh, yeah. effect. You know, yeah. dirty New York City, nasty, smelly streets, you know. Right, and. Right. You just explained it real quick, and, and I got it. I got it from the yeah. impressions of your pitches. And, right. you know, you really, you really put a lot of work into your culture, your cultures. And right. that I alone do. is hats off. You know, that's Thanks, a lot man. of respect from me. And, you, you know, know I, hey. I come, from, I come from a time where, like, to me, you know, when I started – like I said, I, I, I found the graffiti in the warehouse. I started taking pictures to document it. But I also learned how to take a picture with a 35 millimeter camera. You know, kids nowadays have don't their, know what it is. IPhone. Like, what is that? IPhone. Yeah. And the, the iPhone makes all the decisions. And usually the picture comes out blurry or shitty. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's an art to making a photograph. And to me, you know, being on the line and benching and seeing some steel roll that's all painted up and it's a nice legible burner or whatever, 
and I get a nice picture. It's in the light. It's in the sun. It's glistening. It's, you know, and that excites, truly right. Pop. That, that excites me, you know, and yep. I want to capture that and, and capture it well and do it right. You know, actually I just benched a line right before our conversation and one Amtrak rolled by and one freight and I fucked the pictures up, you know? So I had my, my shutter speed was set too slow. It was at, uh, one, one eightieth of a second, the freight was moving too fast. So they all came all blurry. Mm. So I still make, I still make mistakes, you know, cause I shoot manually. I don't shoot in automatic mode. Right. You know, it's all either. I, I understand what's going wrong right off the bat or I don't, you know, <laughs> how, how, how did, how did the name, uh, bencher benching come about? You know me. I'm well, I'm more familiar to like Shutterbug. You know, right, uh, right. photographer. Well, benching, you should know this, man. Benching comes from you know the old school subway era. Where no, 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 no. I yes, no, no, no. I yeah. get I get the benching. You know the Bronx and all right. that shit. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the freight line, you know, on it's the freight the lines, thing, you, you, know? you, yeah. Like, how was that? Is there like a a story behind that? Because I would assume, no. you know, it would be like, something different. Like a different right. name, right? Yeah, no, it's the same. It's the same thing because it, it comes from the same culture of graffiti, you know. And right, and a lot of the a lot of the guys that were painting the subway systems are are you know were active or are still active painting the freights now, you know. So mm-hmm. wh- whether you were doing motions or the insides, you know, whether you were just catching tags or whether maybe you just appreciated some people from back then, you know, I, I talk to people that are like, man, I was a kid back then, I never got to paint the the subway cars. But now I see this freight thing happening, and I'm like, and they jump on board, you know. So that's well, to me, it's over, it's you know? it's look, you know, we we said it. the 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 whole concept is, you know, until you know what you're doing, uh, right. you accept the fact that uh, it's it's really a purity of its own form, and you right. are basically getting uh, known. From Maine to California, Mexico to Canada, and you're stopping off at every fucking state, north, south, and east and west, with one panel. And that gotta be the kicker in your ass to get on board. (laughs) Because that's how I thought about it. I'm like, holy shit, one car, one fucking car could be spotted by a hundred benches, right? Right. It could be scrutinized by a million. It could be (laughs) loved by 10. It could be, uh, it could be taken out. In a half hour, you know. Hey, hey, listen, I'm on I'm on both ends, brother. You know, people like lining my shit, but you know, you got to accept it all. That that's the way I look at it. But to me, Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's it. I got I got stuff rolling uh, that I painted in 1999. You know, I I saw I benched something I painted in. Uh, just the other day I painted in 2001 and it's still rolling untouched. Isn't that beautiful? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. That's one of the reasons why you try to have respect for everybody. Try to stay off the numbers because that stuff will, will run, 
longer than you can imagine, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've got respect in the game and it's why you try to educate kids in a positive way that are coming up, you know? Yep. Don't, and Hey, that's why down. I continue don't to learn myself to kids, you know, don't talk down to them, just yep. share information, you know? Absolutely. And, it's you know, funny because, why, because I was one of the books, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I made, you know, helps make the, the film and things like that. It's, it's just, you know, yeah. Informa- it, information. You, you have power, to pass you know? it. You have to pass it on. See, look, I was one that, that fucked up and, uh, you know, I, I've respected it ever since cause I really didn't know. And I try yeah. to educate the younger ones as well from my mistakes because right. I made mistakes. And right. the best thing is, is, you know, you caught you caught that one car, you know, and it was great, right, by benching it right. because you personally did it and you personally, personally benched it. Me, on right. the other hand, you know, I think maybe I'll have one of the longest cars lined, you know, and I, and I got to love it too. So I accept, right, right. I, <laughs> right. I accept right. it all. I accept everything. Right. Yep. Hey, it's, it's, you know, it's all part of the culture, man. And I think what's cool is, you know, I have a lot of respect for you because you have, you know, you come from New York and you did the real deal. You did the real, you know, you bombed hard and then, you Thank know, you. you catch on to the freight game and you bring that mentality of getting up onto the freights and, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes and then you keep going, man. And that's what it's about. That's what life is, you know? So, well, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thank you. I, I really do. Do you know what I it is? Uh, that, you, know, you know, people, not everybody's a good guy like you. You know, you have people that just want to, you know, be assholes. But like I said, <laughs> you know, hey, listen, you know, talking to you is, is, is a great thing. I mean, it's a, it's a great friendship. You know, even talking right. to people that don't like us, you know, because I'm sure somebody don't like you, somebody don't like me, even talking right. to the negative, you get a positive out of it because now right. you could really try to relate and try to flip things around to make things right. Like right. I have been doing my whole life, not only in painting, but in life in general. Right. Exactly. You know, we're, yep. we are a culture of uh, success and a culture of failure. No matter what right. way you look at it, the, the successful failed. The The people that aren't so successful, you know, have had right. success and, right. you know, just went backwards. Life right. itself is just amazing. That's why I always say, sometimes you just got to sit back and just take everything in and enjoy the small things in life. And I'm a Absolutely. big believer in that. You want to laugh? You seriously want to laugh? You know what I love doing? What's that? What's that? I love feeding the birds. You know, I have a nice tree. I have these nice. bird houses where I, you know, I hey. buy seed and I yep. go sit out, you know, on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, swing and I yep. watch all these birds and it's like, you know, benching a train. I bench birds. I watch these right. birds. I see the Cardinals, the Baltimore's, right. I see finches right. and, you know, yep. uh, woodpeckers. Shit. I didn't know there were so many different type of woodpeckers. Right. And yeah, yeah. I just, you know, Hey. I just love when I come home from work, I sit on that little swing and, you know, my daughter will bring me out a cup of coffee and, you know, she's running around, whatever. And I'll just right. watch the birds and, right. you know, say, ask me that 20 years ago, you know, that, right, that right, wasn't right. there. So yep. life in yeah, general man. is a gift and we yep. all need to accept the fact that gifts are great. 
Unfortunately, we don't last forever. Everybody Absolutely. has a number, whether it's today, right. tomorrow, or next year. You know, right. you don't know when the calling card is, is thrown on the table. So that's why we should just, right. you know, love everybody, man. You know, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking commercial, but you need to, you need <laughs> to just enjoy life. And you, uh, agree, you know, man. with everything you're doing, and I'm sure your personal life is probably just as fabulous because you seem to be a down to earth fucking guy. And Thanks. look, I appreciate that. we went, we went through, we went through the morbid fucking hells of fucking hell. Uh, yep. you, you know what I'm saying? And oh, yeah. look at you now, look at me now compared to what we were, where we would probably be written off as right. long gone. Yep. You know, no, I would have been dead if I, if, you know, yeah, if that guy man. didn't, that guy didn't assault me. I probably would have been dead in a year, you know. So yep. in a weird way, that that guy saved my life. You know, it's all yeah. how you look at it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> how you learn to accept it. And that and that Nick, that's the way it goes, man. And it's a it's a good thing that we were able to pull out of this shit and actually start enjoying the things we love to right. do. You know, you know, when I approach, you know, paint a wall, whether it's a legal wall or whatever, you know, nowadays when I approach painting and, and I got a sober mind and I can execute the, the style I want and the colors I want. Oh, yeah. And it, it's a it feels great, you know, and back in the day, I would always be like intoxicated or fucked up and not really appreciating what I was doing, you know, and I'm glad I did it, you know. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, hey, listen, I appreciate it 10 every, times more, you know, everything now. we do. You know, everything we do is for a reason. I mean, not always the right reason, right. <laughs> but there's always a reason behind it. Right. You know, Absolutely, man. tell, tell, tell the people about your, your website, give, give them some information, make sure you sure, check sure. out, uh, you know, the, the, the book, give them all the yeah. info, give them all the info. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my website is, uh, one. And that's spelled out O-N-E, um, you know, and that's basically a site I started because uh, I'm going to be publishing a few different uh, books, basically graph-related books along the lines of the culture and stuff like that. Uh, the Lines Don't Lie, Volume 1, is on sale right now. Uh, Father's Day Special. Off. Father's Day Special. I might run it for the next week, too. Screw it. Well, know. do so. And, uh, and with that being said, there were there will be a link in outtocrash.com where word. you could uh, click on it and you'll be directed to uh, his page and, you right. know, support those that. that support you. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely something worthwhile, uh, even, right. even the, the, the movie. So, you know, yeah, sorry, you know, sorry for I'm, the interruption. I just had to put that yeah, out I'll there I, that, I um, that. you know, the, the, the work you put into the book is phenomenal. Um, thanks. Thanks. And people really ne uh, need to, to, to appreciate it. And I've seen when you brought it out, the, the, the love you were getting and, nice. uh, yeah. For those that don't know, and people that you know may may not follow you, that follow me, you know, I'll, I'll plug it out there. It'll be on my website. But uh, nice. yes, please check it all out. Go ahead. Yeah, and you know the book is you know it's it's like two hundred and something pages. It, it's got uh, over. I'm sorry, it's one hundred and ninety pages. It's got over two hundred different different writers. You know, all on the lines. All the photographs are taken by me, benched on the lines, live rolling stuff. 
They got interviews with rail workers and 25 other writers. There's a forward by Ichabod. Um, and I'm working on the second edition now. So like any support would be great. Um, but you got you know, mine hundred <laughs> percent word, you know, and then you can check out the, uh, the why me film year round metal enjoyment film. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, you can go to, uh, whymefilm.com and you can rent that, or you can find a link on the Benchmasters site. And, uh, yeah, man. Oh, fuck that. Doing... Rent it, rent it, rent it. Get, get yeah, some money out of that shit, man. The, the work you put you into know? that was great. Shit, man. You right. should be in fucking Hollywood. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff, Jeff and Ian had a lot to do with that too. I got a shout out to Jeff and Ian, but they're, they're the ones who really put that film, film together. I just helped out with some support and stuff like that. So, well, that's what, well, yeah. Yeah, it's what counts. And um, so, yeah, and that's it. And the 20th anniversary uh, Why Me uh, exhibit and gathering is coming up on, uh, what is it, August 23rd and 24th. We're going to have like a basically an exhibit, a gallery show, and uh, drinks and shit like that. And then a live painting up here in Portland, Maine. You can get more information on that on the Benchmasters IG if you follow me. And uh, yeah, shout that, out to that'll Circle. be great. That'll be great. You know what? I'm if I could even get up there, you, you know, I man, yeah, shit, yeah, man. You know, I need to really start getting out there a little more often. I, I must admit, I want to yeah, be out up, there. Man. It's just with my schedule is kind of hard. But this is an event that I think I, I would. I would really, really enjoy uh, to, to support 100%. And Word. even if I don't make it up there, if there's anything I could do to help, uh, right. you know, sponsor yeah, we'll something, send sure, something, man. you know, I, I really want to really get into that uh, with you, you know, personally later on. And, yeah, um, yeah, we'll catch up for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Give you shout outs because I'm sure you got plenty. I mean, the, <laughs> I listen, could, I could go for the man is that. great. Uh, we're going to definitely going to, I think we should come back in a few weeks, a month or so. I think we should come back with a second interview to, sure, you man. know, update the progress on the second book and Word. just to keep talking because, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's everybody every week. It's there's so much great conversation going on that I don't want to stop. So go ahead, absolutely, man. Gerv. Yeah, I, give I them the shouts, my, babe. Give them the shout shouts. Out my, shout out my crew, SFL, Why Me, and shout out the Circle T guys as well. And uh, you know, family and friends. Thank you for everybody and all the support for people that are rocking the book and got the book on their shelf. That means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, man, shout out to Alski, man. Keep the podcast Thank rolling. You. Oh, I won't stop. It's people like you that keep me going, and uh, I'm here for the for the long haul. Awesome, that's, man. That's a this, fact. This been good, man. Peace. Peace, brother. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Yeah, to you too. Thank you, sir. And uh, right, another episode <laughs> under the belt. Check us out each and every Sunday. Check out my man, Benchmaster, the page, Gerv, YME, and all the other crews. And don't be cheap. If you can't find his page, go to outtocrash.com. Couple of days, I'm sure everything is going to be on my link as well. Support those that support you. Happy Father's Day. And Nick, hold on. And uh, once I wrap this over here, uh, I'm just going to, we're going to, a quick, uh, quick question. Anyway, everyone out there, have a happy Father's Day. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're going to pay the price.
and we out like a tribe, people. Thank you for your support. <laughs>